Hi, everyone. I'm Linda Bennett, your spiritual counselor and psychic host for Metaphysically Speaking. Namaste, which means to you new viewers, I must means. And since we're all parts of the God Force, little sparks of the God Force, then we're all related. We're all each other's mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, cousins, relatives of all kinds, and next door neighbors, etc. So um, that's a nice greeting, and it's recognized worldwide. Um, I think, except if you're in an Orthodox Jewish church, um, um, the moderate and the conventional, I'm not using the appropriate term for the moderate, but the um, uh, normal Jewish people you will meet recognize that, um, Catholics recognize it, and so therefore it's a safe thing to say, and you're being respectful to everyone. And you're never wrong. You can even do it to pussy cats and puppy dogs and lions and tigers. So it's a lovely greeting. Now today we are going to be talking about astrology, and I think the number to call us is probably running right under there, under the screen. And if you're driving, don't worry about it till you get home, because you can't take your eyes off the bird. Just listen, relax, and and you'll have the names of the books that I'm going to recommend when we talk about astrology. Um, I got somebody saying to me the other day, um, oh, what's, what's the big deal if I, if I don't meditate, you know, for a couple of days or a day or two, or maybe even a week, I don't feel like it. Okay, well, then why, why should God feel about you? Anything? Why should God worry? Why should the universe, the angels worry about you? So, well, they thought about that for a while. They said, what does that have to do with it? God knows my intentions. And I said, yes, but do you know your intentions? And actions speak louder than words. So by sitting there for five bloody minutes and taking time to say, hi, God. Uh, I know children do that a lot. They'll say, hi, God, hi, angel, I'm tired, um, which is precious because it comes from the heart. Uh, but if you're an adult, you take a little more responsibility for your actions and actually put 15 minutes into your soul. 15 minutes into your soul means 15 minutes of investing in you. Why should anybody else invest in you if you don't invest in you? So every prayer, if you pass an accident, even as a little girl, I used to say, oh, God bless them say, God bless them. You don't know who it is. You have no idea. And I always bless the police because I know I had a cousin who was an officer and you think, oh, well, they're used to it. They never get used to it. They never get used to the blood, the terror, the sadness, the misery, whatever happens in a car accident. So say a prayer for the firemen, for the policemen, for the emergency workers carrying the patients to the hospital. It's a lovely thing to do. It's kind and it radiates light. It's like you're turning on a heart light. Remember that with um, ET, little ET? Um, turning on the heart light of universal love and caring and emotion. So it really does matter if you say a prayer for someone and um, if you are thoughtful enough about yourself and about your life that you will spend five minutes, 10 minutes, at least 15 minutes a day. You can make it seven and eight minutes. You can make it 15 minutes straight and do it when you're quiet and do it when it's quiet in your neighborhood. Do it when you have nothing else to preoccupy your mind for 15 minutes and you can sit there and listen and talk and you just have to do om or om money me own. So that means the jewel and the lotus, the male female energy of God. And you're simply acknowledging that mother, father, father, mother, it doesn't matter. Just quietly go into yourself, sit up straight, palms open on your lap, and just quietly focusing right here above the nose, between the eyebrows, and own. You can do it out loud, you can do it silently. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing it. Okay, now, for those of you who think astrology is stupid, okay, but let me explain it to you. And then after I explain it, maybe you won't think it's so stupid. Astronomy and astrology are all the same thing. 
the first council of Nicaea said to the astronomers, astrologers, um, pick one. And if you picked astronomy, you were okay. You were watched by the Catholic church, but you, you were okay. If you picked astrology, suddenly you were declared a heretic and burned at the stake or hung or drowned. And so everybody would say, well, I'm an astronomer. And they'd say, find the constellation Gemini up there. So you cannot separate the two because they are all about the planetary positions. They're about the stars around the planetary positions. They're about what's happening. If I shine a flashlight at this very moment, that's what's happening. If I shine a flashlight in five hours, that's what's happening. So you can't say astrology means nothing because it's where the planets are. It's taking a picture of you and your soul taking a picture back of the solar system. You get that? Of course you do. And if you are looking for an ephemeris, and that is, I will hold, this is the American ephemeris. There's an ephemeris by the US Naval Academy. Yes. The Navy needs to know where the planets are in the new moon and the full moon and the high tides and the low tides. And this is a small one. It's only 50 years. It came out first. They now have the whole hundred year one. And also Neil Mickelson, which devised this particular um, ephemeris, is the one who created and, and, and created it and proofread it and made sure everything was accurate. I will hold the inside of any of the random pages. And this is daunting if you're not a mathematical person. It's daunting at first. But it gives you month by month, day by day, and the day is listed all across. And you can take, you can take a piece of paper. I've got a little tack here. I have to be careful with it. And a larger piece of paper and just go along and follow that date and you will get all the planetary positions for that particular date. And it'll make sense if you have your own. And it shows you at the bottom where the new moons, I always highlight it. See the little pink highlighting down there. I always highlight the full moons and the new moons, the full moons, the new moons, and all the eclipses, because that makes it easier to flipping through looking. So that is what you would get if you want to think about starting charts. Your astrologer's handbook, which is an old book, and they may have come out with a revision. The Astrology of Human Relationships, but it's the astrologer's handbook. And this gives you basic information on who you are, how it matters, what the meaning of life is, in your particular aspect, your particular sun sign, etc. And again, what the planets mean. It's not supposed to tell you whether or not you're supposed to get out of bed today. It's going to tell you if you do your astrology chart or if you have it done for you by a reliable, not the cheapest, because the cheapest doesn't have the most sophisticated mathematics punched in your computers. They just do general. And if you're used to looking at astrology charts as long as I have been, you can tell. And also if anybody says, well, whatever degree your rising is, that's the degree for all your houses. That's a lazy person. That is incorrect. If you're 10 degrees of something, that's important. It has meaning. Why? Because number one, it has the vibration of the number 10. Two, it depends upon the decant that you are in. Okay. And of course, I've looked for an astrology chart and I cannot find one, but we all know what they look like. A circle with 12 pi, 12 sections in it. Each positioning, each say from zero to nine degrees, if you're born, say, Gemini, and you're born, um, say, the third degree, you are Gemini with a Gemini influence. If you're born in the next 10 degrees, you're Gemini with a Libra influence. I go on the right way. 
I'm finding none. I'm doing it backwards for you. So that's Gemini with a Libra influence. The last 10 degrees or nine degrees is Gemini with an Aquarian influence. And what does that mean? It means that yes, you're a Gemini, but you have the thought patterns buried somewhere in there of Aquarius. And that has special meaning. So if you find somebody who says, oh, whatever the degree is of your rising sign, that's what everything will be. That's not what everything will be. You can open up the ephemeris and find out what that is. That's lazy. And I knew someone who did that years ago and it took her half the time to do everybody's chart because it's tedious to do charts. And I don't do them anymore, but when I did do them, I have a color code system. So that if I drop you the next day, even you could figure it out because I would highlight your sun position in each, your sun position where it is in your chart, your moon, your rising, everything had a chart position color. And then you would refer down to say yellow, which is your sun sign, blue, which is where your moon would be. And I had a listing of all of the planetary planets and their meanings. So you could say, okay, um, I'm a Virgo sun sign, where is it? And I would have it written down here. So it would be redundant, but you would have it written down where the planet Virgo is in your chart. I'd say, say the third house uh, and what the numerical evaluation was. So if you're looking for your moon position, you find the blue on your chart. You look down for the blue on the little uh, scale down here and you'd see blue and be highlighted and you know what degree you were and what the meaning was. Then we went into the elements, which we don't have to discuss today and how many of each of the elements, whether you have any fire, water, air, or earth. The practical astrology does not deal with the ether or the spiritual level. But if you're an astrologer that deals with spiritual issues, you'd want to be, be aware of that and that's also where the degrees come in, because certain degrees have more importance and value and intensity. Intensity. Am I saying that enough? Intensity than others. And certain things mean that this is kind of a warning for you. This is kind of a test in this area. So you have to be really cautious. And if you have a good astrologer, the astrologer will tell you what you need to worry about. Many years ago, and I know I've said this on the show before, I did a class on astrology, I did another class on numerology, I did a class on the tarot, and then I said, I think they're ready. I was wrong. I think they're ready for the astrology, numerology, tarot class because everything intertwines. The numbers of the tarot cards interweave with astrology and they all have their astrological affiliations. Numerology, what did I just say? The degree in your chart of where your sun is, your rising is, your moon is, your Venus, your Mercury, your ability to communicate has meaning and that intertwines with the tarot. And so, as I told you before, as I looked around the room, I saw the slack jaw the drool coming out of people's mouths. I knew I was done for. But, and then it became known as the astrology, numerology, tarot class from hell. So the second time there was a little less drool. And the third time it began to sink in, it began to make sense where you could see that numbers have meaning. They're not just floating out there doing nothing. They have meaning. And each meaning has its own importance, its own value. And how that relates in your chart has value for you. You can have 10 people born on the same day, all at different times, and their charts will be different, except for their son, but it'll be different degrees. So that has its own special meaning, just the time you're born. And my aunt told me who was a surgical nurse and an OBGYN nurse and an ER nurse and my cousin, same thing. 
said that most of the time, the nurses don't write the exact time down. Nowadays they do because they know about astrology and, and, and if they're a Catholic hospital, it's probably not gonna be written down. But because they don't want you to be doing astrology, they think it's the devil's work. Because anything that the Catholic church didn't approve of, of course, the devil's work. I don't think they understand that the rest of the world has meaning and also has been doing very nicely for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years without the regulations of the Catholic Church. Remember, if you're a Catholic, we were told that you couldn't see a certain movie, you couldn't watch a certain TV show, you couldn't read a certain book, that certain movie stars were evil. And I looked at my father who just looked straight ahead because he just did not want to engage in a conversation at that time. And I said, Daddy, that's crap. He said, we'll talk about it later. So I think I've told you before, I was always arguing with the priests and the nuns and I was always being sent to the uh, Bob Burns office um, who was the head of the parish at the time. And I predicted how he was gonna die. And uh, when my father told me that he had passed along, I said, did something rupture in his head? Like I said before, he says, yes. So, um, I just see certain things as a psychic and I thought, what a surprise he's getting. What shock to the system is he getting? Plus he was trained by the Jesuits and I understand the Benedictines are very uh, knowledgeable as well. But Jesuits have been scholars for years and they know all about other religions. They know about astrology. <clears throat> I have been told by a reliable source that not only does the Dalai Lama have an astrologer who advises him, because it's not just what happens to you, it's what's happening to the world today, tomorrow. So you have to understand how to relate to others. But that the Pope also has an astrologer available. So the Vatican knows a lot more than it's busy sharing with its Catholics. But your problem is to make sure that whatever information you gather, whatever information it is, is accurate. Because yes, you can have your astrology chart done. And if it's not done properly, you're getting incorrect information. And in order to know what your rising is, because that's what your sun sign will be next time, and I will explain that to you, you want a very simple little soft cover book called rising sign. That is always the nine o'clock position. If you look at your chart as a clock and think about it literally as a clock because it's the time clock and story of your life. So it's always the nine o'clock position and you have to have your exact time and location. Now, if the doctor says, well, it was between three and five in the afternoon, that's not going to work. If it's the time of year where um, things are getting dark because it's now the fall, um, ask about that. Ask as many questions. Is anybody celebrating anything? Did they hear any singing? Find out as much as you can. If you can't find the rising sign, they can just do a general and no astrologer is going to take personal responsibility for the accuracy because they can't. It feeds off the time you were born. So my aunt and my cousin said um, that nurses will say, well, I was on from eight to six today. And so sometime before I left. So they'll make it, you know, uh, 530, 545. Maybe you were born exactly 601. Maybe you're born exactly at 5.15. Huge difference. So make sure that you get the information, even if you have to ask every member of your family who was around at the time. And you'd be amazed. Sometimes your grandmother will say, oh, I we always ate at five and you were born in the middle of dinner. Okay, so you know how long it takes your grandparents to eat. Figure maybe you were born at 5.15, 5.30. 15 minutes is not going to kill you, okay? It's going to be pretty accurate. But it's the roadmap to your life. It's the menu of options that you have. 
And some people say, well, who cares? Well, because when you're born, until the time you start having your hormones pump, and they've been pumping artificially for years because of the chemicals our parents took and the hormones and all kinds of stuff. So you have to find out what kind of drugs your mother was on and your father because you may have, I don't want to say screwed up because the universe will make sure that you're born pretty close to the time you're supposed to be born, but you may have a kind of skewed chart uh, because it's not accurate time or, and because they've taken medication that affected the fetus that might've affected uh, the time you were born, etc. So it's very important that you're as accurate as possible because don't you want an accurate roadmap to your life? Of course you do. It's your life. And the idea I'll get to the sun rising and moon, why the rising is important in a second, that certain signs are not compatible with each other. Remember there were 12 signs, six partnerships. The only happy partnership is Gemini and Sagittarius because they're very similar. They both deal with communication. They both deal with humor. You would be amazed at how many people in show business are either Gemini or Sagittarius or Gemini or Sagittarius rising. So when you're born till the time you're saying maybe 14, 15, 16, you're more like your moon sign because in your last lifetime, your moon sign is what your sun sign was. And your rising is what your sun sign is now. And if you look at your chart, you can see, say the moon is in uh, Scorpio. Uh, you were a Scorpio sun sign. And whatever your sun sign is now, that was your rising. So if you have your chart done accurately, you're rising now is what your sun sign will be in your next lifetime. And your sun sign now is what your moon position will be. So therefore, you look at your past, you can look at, your, which is your moon, you can look at your present, which is your sun sign, and your rising, which is your future. So kids who are changing elements, like say your child has, uh, let's take Scorpio again, um, that's a water sign. And if your sun sign is an air sign, that's a change in feelings. And so often it's not just the hormones where parents think you're crazy, it is the change in elements. Your thought patterns are changing. It's not just that you're learning more, uh, you're trying to get your own identity, you're trying to figure out who you are. This is why there are so many kids doing drugs and alcohol. They're confused about who they are. Don't ask your local minister, don't ask your local rabbi unless he studies Kabbalah and teaches Kabbalah, which is the esoteric Judaism. And don't ask your priest, because they're gonna say, say 10 Hail Fathers, 10 Hail Marys, and a good obstetrician. Because they don't want you bothering astrology. They don't want you to know what your life is all about, except Jesus. If it was the time of Mary and Jesus and Joseph and Mary Magdala, his wife and the children, his sisters and his brothers, astrology was important. And women were important. Women were also trained as priestesses. So therefore, this disrespect to women is cultural from the Middle East and cultural from men, abusing women, throwing them out, getting another one, throwing that one out, getting another one. There were happy marriages all through history, but not all of them were happy. And so the idea that men could just toss women out and do so because they had no skills 
If you find a religion that doesn't want you to read anything but your Bible, if it doesn't want you to know anything, doesn't want you to watch television, run for your life. Yogananda used to say, read, study, learn, explore. The more you do, the less you can be fooled. Who was Yogananda? He was a great guru who came to the United States back in the 20s and brought the concept of yoga and meditation here. Several others did the same thing. He is very well known in this country. So understand that meditation is between you and God. Yes, people we call as saints, the spirits we call as angels are watching, listening, helping when they can, when they're allowed to. And your thoughts and your vibrations go out into the universe. We forget how important our thoughts are and our words are. We forget. We think it's just little us and little Florida, little Texas, little Canada. But we forget that we are a spark of the original energy. I'd like to know where that energy comes from. And who made that energy? And who made the energy made the energy? And how did that happen? But I don't think I'm gonna understand that in this lifetime. What's important though is that you remember that you are a spark of God. And each time you do something that is anti-God, like be cool, be manipulative, uh, rob banks, attack people, that is anti-God. It is not the highest behavior. Would you want God to see you? God understands. God knows. God ain't happy. But the God force knows. So do your guardian angels. They have to take another eccentric every time you do something incredibly stupid. So your chart is a description of the lessons and the timing of those lessons that you are going to go through. And if you want to get the astrologer's handbook, which explains a lot of this to you, so it'll make more sense to you. I know I have to talk in shorthand because I could spend two hours talking about the rising sign. And those of you who are listening would go, you have a headache and fall asleep. You're only interested to get your chart done and you're only interested if it's your sign. And I understand that. But if somebody says to you, well, um, Aries doesn't go well with um, Gemini, or Aries doesn't go well with Libra or with Taurus, I would say, you don't look at just your sun sign. You look at your rising. You look at the person's communication planet, which is Mercury. Where is that? You look at the emotional level, which is Venus. You look at your Saturn, which is generational. And you look at the Pluto, which is generational. That means Pluto is in the, is in the same position for about 25 to 31 years. It depends because we have ebbs and flows and we don't have a perfect calendar. The Mayans had a perfect calendar. We don't have a perfect calendar. So don't worry about what the sun sign is saying. Concern yourself with what is the behavior of the individual. That's the first thing you, you have to consider. Is this person living up to the highest potential? And you shouldn't have problems if you're living up to your highest potential. There are assets and liabilities in every sign. And if the person is pretty much learned to live in the assets, and if you've pretty much learned to live in the assets. We have Warren on hold. Things will be good. Things will be good. So therefore, you look at the behavior, you try to find out something about the person's past. 
Because unless someone has made a very important transformation, unless someone has risen out of the unfortunate aspects of the sign and gone and lived in and been happy in the assets of the sign. Born on hold. The best, the best behavior for the future is looking at the past. If someone's still living in anger from say a business partner or a parent who was mean or somebody else who betrayed them, they carry that over unless they've learned to let it go. Last time we did the show on forgiveness. Unless you truly forgive, you're still being dragged back into the past by whomever you haven't forgiven. And whatever that mindset was and whatever created it and whatever you were going through at the time, you're not fully living in the present. You are living in the past. So therefore, whether it's you or whether it's a partner, where is that person living? In the past? Because they haven't forgiven certain things that happened? Are they living in the present? Are they looking forward to the future? When you get to be around 35 or 40, you start learning more and living more into your aspect of your rising sign. So you go through three stages. Your moon position, which is what your sun sign was last time, and that's how you're born into the energy. And then when you get to be around 14, 16, you're changing because you're now more your sun sign. And then you go through another change when you get to be around 35 or 40, because now if you've learned the lessons, you're responding a lot and looking forward to your rising information. One thing you should know is that you should not make usually any marriage decisions, any important business decisions when you're about 27 to 30. And the reason is you're in a Saturn return. Fortunately for all of us, Saturn only comes to your chart twice in your lifetime, in your general lifetime. Because it's the time where somebody will do something they think they should do or they have to do. And so they'll do it, but then they're sorry afterwards. If you're truly meant to be together, you will be. If you are not meant to be together, to be together waiting another couple of years is going to show that. If you're not meant to go into business with a certain person, it'll show that. Time will evolve. But if there's the person has been living happily, having let go of that past, then that's a different story. It's like people who were alcoholics or drug users. If they're running to meetings every day, this is tricky because they consider themselves to be alcoholics and they're doing without the alcohol. Both my parents were alcoholics. My mother was in every day, my father was periodic. I wish I had known about AA uh, before I got out of high school because I would have gone to Al-Anon, which is the people living in the house with the alcoholic. They teach you how to deal better. So, if somebody is clutching on to being an alcoholic, that's what they're going to be. That is their new addiction. If they say, I, I, if they're finally and hasn't, haven't been drinking for years, and they say, I go once a week, once every couple of weeks, whatever town I'm in, um, and there's a network you can find out in whatever town you might be visiting. That's okay. The person is just getting like a B12 shot. So therefore, what is the person's mindset? Have they moved on from the past? Are they living in the present and looking to the future? That's what you have to pay attention to. Then you can start evaluating and having a good astrologer do a consultation for you and the other person's chart. And you gotta know their time. 
And there's something called a couple's chart. And you can do that for business people, et cetera. So what they do is they evaluate the two charts and tell you what the likelihoods of certain transitions are going to be and when you're going to be going through them. Are you going to be going through them at the same time? Are they very similar? You'll have to both understand that and be willing to go through the stress and then come out of it. Are they going to be at different times or are you always going through a stress level? And remember, 40 days before your birth energy sets in, keep track of it on your calendar, and 40 days before your rising energy sets in, you start going into a slump. Think of winding your clock. Yes, once upon a time we had winding clocks. Wind your clock at your birthday. Tick, 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 tick. You're running out of the wind. And you get a second rewind with your rising. So therefore, you're more likely to catch a cold. You're more likely to stub your toe. You're more likely to make more mistakes. You're more likely to forget things. Understand your clock is running out. You need a new birth energy to give you that new boost. So therefore, understand that you are in a cycle of your life. That is what your chart is about. So try to find, by good recommendation, a good astrologer. Um, 1-800-MAPPING, I presume that's still the number. It's an excellent calculation program that these people use. I think it's $25 now. They'll give, will give you a general booklet with general information in it specific to your sun sign, your rising, whatever. And you can pretty much understand certain things. If you have an excellent astrologer in your area that people have recommended to you, I would go to the astrologer afterwards. I don't know anybody else but me that color codes everything and does all of the struggles. Um, if I'd like you, maybe I'll do your chart, but I'm gonna charge you for it because it's tedious. It's a stress, it's a struggle. But when I finish with it, you'll, you'll have a lifetime of understanding. Okay, before we go any further, we have a caller. Caller, first name and comment or question. Hi, Linda. My name is Warren, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of the, the show back in the 90s when you had your cable vision, metaphysically speaking, show, and you used to watch that religiously. And uh, Great, I'm so happy you. that you're still doing this. And, Thank you. Uh, well, you know, my, my, yeah, my, my question is this. I'm a Sagittarian, and I'm just curious, why is it when I get close to my birthday, maybe a week prior and a week after, I feel kind of down? And I was wondering if that's normal for, for people. Is it a Sagittarian trait, or is it for all of the star signs? Or no, it's not a Sagittarian. It's exactly what I was saying a few minutes ago. At your birthday, before your birthday, you run out of steam. Everyone does. That is because mm. you are in your 12th house transit. And that means you get important spiritual issues. You get important spiritual tests and you're tired. So it's the universe saying we're hanging you out to dry. But we're mm -hmm. here waiting for you to come alive and understand that this is a test. So it's perfectly normal. If you're a Sagittarian, you're starting yours at the end of October, um, maybe the middle of October. And everybody's a little different. Scorpio is the worst to be because it's so intense. It's the most intense aspect in the Zodiac. In spiritualist, in mundane astrology, which is everyday astrology, it's the Scorpion. And then if you rise above that, it becomes the Eagle. And then if you rise above that, it becomes the phoenix. And it's, it's the power of life and death. In spiritual astrology, it's the female energy of God. So instead of 40 days before your birthday, it's 60 days before your birthday. The good news about Sagittarius is the same good news about Gemini. Because I'm a Gemini son. You're a Sagittarius. Woman. We get along well because we have a great sense of humor. Um, we have a great understanding of other people. We have a great ability to communicate. 
we make great teachers, we make great people in show business, we make great um, um, people who communicate somehow, whether it's through music or teaching science or writing. It's a wonderful way of being able to go through life with a sense of humor. Other signs like say Capricorn and the earth signs in general, except for Virgo, I'll explain why in a minute, but say Capricorn and Taurus are very difficult to be because they like things the way they like them. So does Virgo and they get stuck. So Sagittarius leaps out, flies out like a bird out of a cage. So it's normal. Do you know, do you happen to know what your rising sign is? He hung up. He had hung up. Oh, okay. Um, so if you can find that out, then you'll go back 40 days. And on, on your regular calendars, many times um, they will have when the sun goes into Libra, when the sun goes into Scorpio, Sagittarius. And I get the Llewellyn calendar. And, and you see, I make good use of it because of all the notations on everything. And um, the Llewellyn calendar gives you the different day positions. It's the astrological calendar. And it's got different artwork every year. And it'll tell you when the sun is changing. It'll give you the information for that day. And you will learn about squares. Okay, you've got squares, you've got triangles, You've got sextiles, which is like bing, 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 that kind of star with lines. Um, you've got the double O's at an angle, which I always say is if that's opposition, I go, uh-oh. So that's opposition. And you will find um, which aspects might be more difficult. So if you see a couple of squares on a day, you'll say, okay, there's going to be some difficulty. People are going to feel stuck. They're going to feel like they've got to take a position. And that position is going to be it. And that's all there is to it. Almost like banging your head into the wall. What's the point? So um, getting the Llewellyn calendar, and they're not advertising. I don't get a dime for this. Um, getting the Llewellyn calendar is a good thing to do. Even if you say, oh my gosh, all these numbers and all these symbols and oh, but it tells you in the back of the calendar what all the symbols mean. But it also gives you a yearly profile of what you can expect for that particular year. And it's not just your sun sign that you have to look at. Try to find your rising and then you'll be able to tell by looking at that sign as well. That'll give you a fuller picture because the universe isn't trying to trap us. It gives us these tools. And if you have, if you look for a really good gift to give yourself or a really good gift to give somebody else, try a telescope. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You can get a beginner's telescope. Uh, go online, go online to QBC or HSN, see what they've got. They get them periodically. Um, go online to uh, say, I can't remember the, the, the um, I can't, I can't turn my neck. They'll find it. They'll find <laughs> it. Okay. That's my producer. And she is telling me that you will find it. I do not have a computer. So I don't know if you will find it, but you won't find it, but I'm sure you will. So go online type in telescopes and don't get the cheapest one unless it's for a child that can interest them. Uh, but you will be amazed at seeing the constellations and you will be amazed at seeing things you can't possibly see without a telescope. You'll be amazed at the placements of the stars and of the planets and, and what it looks like in different parts of our galaxy. Remember we're looking out at different planets they're looking back at us and the other planets. We're not the only people in the solar system. We're not the only people on the moon. And I don't mean China and Russia. So therefore, the aspects of your astrology chart are important. They tell the story of your life. And they give you timings. Now, only twice in my million-year career 
have I ever told anybody when they were going to cross over? And that is because I've told you before, this woman called me and me for visiting her last night and it was in the astral form. She even told me what my robe, what robe I was wearing. So, and she wanted to know, she said, I know I'm going to cross over soon. And you put everything at ease and you shared your near-death experiences with me and you took me on this journey and I feel great and I can't thank you enough. Okay, so I confirmed her that she was going to cross over soon. And with a man who, um, oh, actually and another woman, they both had cancer. And I said, go ahead on the world tour because it doesn't matter to you you have a great relationship with your family. You've already said your goodbyes. Go ahead on the trip. See what you want to see. And the other one was she had delayed in getting a lot of paperwork done. And I called my attorney um, and got him to get her in the next day. And so, therefore, she called me to thank her. And um, because I said, you can't wait a year. You can't even wait six months. And she was afraid of that. She kept having dreams and seeing her casket. So I said, here, fool them all and get re and get cremated. <laughs> that way you can change the dream. And you're not taking up so much space on the planet. So um, her daughter called me years later and wanted to thank me. She found the tape because I have everybody tape their consultations. And she found the tape and she thanked me. And she said, you know, my mother had a great sense of humor. You were right. And she laughed at some of the things you told her about what would happen. And she loved the idea of getting cremated and she did. So that's the only time, but there is in your chart, if you have an excellent astrologer, there are certain aspects because we usually have more than one natural death date. And that's why like people, especially in war, they'll say, how did you escape that? Well, I wasn't in the boat. How did you escape that? I was on a different hill. How did you escape that? And when it's finally the time, they're not escaping. Unless they're in the middle of something. And the universe says, you are making great progress. So therefore, we're going to give you some extra time to complete that project. And then we'll bring you over. So there is one natural death date that is not negotiable. So that would be realigned, maybe another three months, another six months, another year. And you'll be given the health you need to take care of it. I have never looked at a chart and told anybody when they were crossing over. Because I'm not their guardian angel. I don't have inside information. And neither does anybody else. Nor do I give that information out. Because there are a lot of people who are terrified of dying. I had a cousin who was terrified of dying. I know why he was terrified of dying. But. And I taught him so many things. And he wrote a book. And I said, I taught him that. I taught him that. I taught him that. So therefore, he was afraid of dying because of certain things that he had done in this lifetime. And he's dealing with it now. And I'm sure that he's gotten the clarity he needs. The drama is over. I promise you, I've had 12 near-death experiences. I promise you that it's so quick you're almost unaware of it unless you go into it consciously. And that is called Maha Samadhi. Samadhi is a state of quiet and silence. And the Maha means you're making your intentional transition. You're well aware of it and knew it ahead of time. Yogananda did this after a lecture. He just floated to the ground and left his body. Other people do it as well. Meditation isn't killing you. You're being welcomed into the universe. Five minutes. So therefore, the opportunity of telling someone when they may cross over 
is something I have never in all my life participated in. That's like placing a curse on someone. And that's not really a curse, but people get scared. And suddenly all their aches and pains don't matter. And they don't want to leave the husband. They don't want to leave the wife. They don't want to leave the kids. They don't want to leave the dog. It's okay. You're going to be right there watching. But you don't need to take a shower anymore. You don't need to go to the bathroom. You don't know what you need to eat. You don't need to worry about clothes you're wearing. All those earthly things are gone. It's just your soul. But any astrologer that says to you, do you want to know when you're going to die? Say, no, I don't. And why are you looking? That's an irresponsible, immature, semi-professional, not a professional, a semi-professional. And I've had that question asked of me. And number one, I didn't trust the astrologer. She's the one who decided that the degree your rising was in was the same in all the houses, which is completely 100% inaccurate. And I know she didn't have a clue. So therefore, but to ask that question, think of the ugliness of it. Why would you want to tell someone when they're getting ready to cross over? Unless they come to you and say, I've had dreams. This is what I've set in motion. I have my will ready. My cat's taken care of. That could be different. And then I would give them a parameter. But I'd never say on the 30th at four o'clock. That's crazy. The chart is for your benefit. The chart is going to give you highs and lows, highs and lows in your life because we all go through the highs and lows. And it's a tool that you have for the rest of your life. So remember the astrologer's handbook, if you're interested in general astrology, and Francis Sakorian uh, and Oliver Aker, the rising sign, which is going to explain how to locate it and what it means to have these different risings, and the ephemeris. You can get the U.S. Naval ephemeris, which is right next to the American ephemeris for 21st century. Um, these are excellent books. And this is good forever. And it's not, you know, unless we have the planetary shift and things are different. But if you're still a rising sign that's uh, Libra, then that's what your rising sign is because it's when you were born. Okay, please, please, please try the rising. We'll try the meditation. I'm going to flip this book over because I could do, as I said, two hours on what your rising sign means. It's important that you meditate. Start five minutes. Turn off the radio, turn the volume down. You can't hear your phone. Turn off the TV. And remember, if you just open up your hearts and minds to God's universal truth, you're going to know that God and the angels are always with you. Namaste. I'm Linda Bennett.